Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the OnLive podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. All right, we are here with another episode, and we have Carrie Sanford from Lawless Insurance Solutions, and we are going to talk about a topic today that I know a lot of you are experiencing it, but I don't know how many people are actually sharing what it's like. And that is when you're caring for a family member or multiple family members in your home and and what that might look like. So Carrie, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I've been watching your journey for the last, I don't know, four years, three years. I give you credit. You're in my prayers and your hands have been full But at the same time, you're also like running your business and your life and everything on top of it. And so those are some of the things that we want to explore. Before we get going, I want you just to kind of introduce yourself and let people know what you want them to know. Well, thank you, Helen, for this opportunity to share my journey. I'm Carrie Sanford with Law Insurance Solutions, and I have been in the financial industry for over 20 years and um, had a journey that started with my parents been four years now, but um, I had to literally rescue my parents from our home state of Washington and move them here to Sacramento, California uh, to take care of them. So Carrie, what was the moment when you realized, all right, I got to step in and do something. And I saw what you were going through, but maybe tell us what it was like, like the moment you showed up to their house and you're like, holy cow, not only are they in a bad situation, but I think they had a lot of stuff you had to deal with too, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. When I flew home, I happened I got a call from a family neighbor saying, your father's at my doorstep with a note from your mother, which is in gibberish, and your mom's in the car. So I got on a plane the next day and um, went to their home and found complete chaos. There was notes everywhere. My mom's uh, dementia formed in the form of a manic state. And um, my mother was in a wheelchair with the use of one hand. So my father's been like her caregiver for many years. So there was a lot to unpack. unpack. And first was making sure she was okay. And so unfortunately, there isn't a lot of options for our aging adults who are in that situation. Right. So you had your two aging parents trying to take care of themselves both of them suffering from major health and declining mental state. Is that about what the picture was like? Absolutely. We always knew that they'd need some additional help 
as they got older. And we had an eye on my father because he was experiencing some forgetfulness. But in your 80s, I mean, that's something to be expected, right? So I used to travel home every three to four months for a long weekend to help my parents, you know, clean their bathroom, take them to the gas station, run errands with them. But it's different when you're there day to day to find out what's really happening. So we were watching Papa, but um, come to find out, my mom had dementia as well. And she was handling all of the financial affairs. So things were slipping through the cracks. And I found that out once I went home. So literally, I had to get my mother placed. She was in the hospital in the emergency room for two weeks, unfortunately, because there was no place to put her um, until a bed opened up at basically the, the mental ward. And so I brought my dad back to Sacramento and got him settled. And I had family and friends checking on mom every day. But then when she was stable to travel, which was a month later, I went and brought her to Sacramento. So what was that like trying to, like, I don't know, share with us what your emotions were when you're like, oh my gosh, like all of a sudden you realized this is on your plate. And was there panic? Were you able to get other people to help you sort it out? Yeah, I panic didn't set in because you go into autopilot. So it's like you've got to assess what's most important, you know, getting them safe to California, getting them set up with their doctors. I traveled back and forth multiple times to unwind their life there. You know, I had to pack up their their condo, sell, you know, and everything and give away. And so I did rally some close friends of mine. I have a dear friend that flew in that helped um, unwind, you know, pack up my parents home with me. I had to, I mean, take care of everything you can imagine, <laughs> sitting there at life on a pod here to California. And so you go into autopilot and um, I'm a task person. So I just had a list and started checking off things, but it finally hit the real, the real realization hit once we got back here into California and the day-to-day activities and requirements sat in. And that's when I said, oh my gosh. So Carrie, once you got them in your house and, you know, I think I was there for a day or so into this and I can't remember why I came over, but I don't know. I felt overwhelmed for you because you had your parents there in your living room. I think you were interviewing some part-time care to come in. You were cooking meals and I know that you were running your business and, you know, you have your, your boyfriend, Will, and your son. And, and it's just all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh. Like from night to day, your life just got kind of upside down. And so I know your mom was in really poor health when she got there more than than I think you even realized. And so maybe you can share with us, like, what was it like interviewing help? And, and how do you ma- even make decisions who to let into your home and help get that care? And And what did your daily schedule look like between you? I know that your son Maurice helped. I mean, how did you set all of that up? Well, it it was overwhelming. I was an empty nester of many years. I had a three bedroom, two bath house that I used every room myself. <laughs> and so when mom and, and papa came home and then my my son Maurice came home to help me take care of mom, of grandma and papa, it was a lot. So I moved my parents into my room. So it was the largest room. My home was an older home. So rooms were small, bathrooms were small. And I slept on a mattress in, in one of the rooms. And it was nuts. It was 24-hour care. My mom had, you know, sundowners. That means that, you know, she acts out when the evening and it comes on. And so it was crazy. No sleep, literally on autopilot, hanging on by a thread. 
when I look at pictures from back then, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, it was not good. And the impact physically, emotionally was, was consuming. I didn't realize it at that time because you're just trying to keep all the balls in the air as best as, best as you can. With uh, interview and care, I'm just looking for people that are, you know, certified. <laughs> Will they fit, be a fit with my mom and dad? My dad's fine, but my mom was a unique individual. And so I had to find someone that would, could um, be compatible. When you say unique, can you share a little bit about her personality? I mean, I met her, so I know, but maybe for our audience. <laughs> Absolutely. She was a little five, five foot four little thing, uh, cute little gray haired woman in a wheelchair, but don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was very independent and um, strong willed. And up until bringing her here to California was she was very adamant of just it being her way, no matter what. Even just recently, I spoke to a good friend of my mother's who knew her for years. And she said, yeah, Carrie, I remember your mom always said, my daughters will take care of me. And um, look what happened. (laughs) That's a a very interesting topic that, I don't know, I'm going to bring it up now. But the uh, responsibility or commitment that a lot of times daughters are burdened with in taking care of older parents, it's a lot. And I know that there's a lot of men out there doing it too, but I know a lot of parents are like, oh, you know, my daughters will help me, so on and so forth. And, you know, we're in the insurance industry. And so we always help people with that conversation to understand that may not be the best plan. But how did that make you feel? And how do you feel when you hear people say that your parents always thought that that's how it was going to end? You know, from this journey, I've learned I'm being very open and frank. Yeah, that's, that's why I love you. Yeah. This is a topic that, we don't really share, I think, fully. <laughs> and it made me very unhappy. It made me angry in some cases. And in, in my mom's situation, she did not take care of herself as she could have as far as following doctor's orders and things like that. And so with that, the care assistance was even greater because she was a full assist. So I was lifting, bathing, transferring my back out. I had bruises all up and down my legs from transferring her in through the through the bathrooms. And um so that was very disturbing for me. It was hard for her to hear that. Right. And when you're in it, I'm sure you're not thinking about that because you're just trying to do the right thing. And I know you love your parents and you want the best for them. And so every day you're just trying to figure that piece out. But Absolutely. In your moments of silence, you've got to be like, holy cow, this is not the best plan that somebody could have put together. And no, no, because there there was no plan. That's that's the challenge. There was no plan. I tried to help create a plan, but she existed. And so there was no plan. And so when when everything, you know, when, you know, the stuff hit the fan, then you just show up and try to to make it work. And that's what I um, what I did. Yeah. So maybe uh, we can move on to, you know, your parents are in your home and you've got care and the whole deal. And so what did your daily routine start to look like? Uh, daily if routine, there was one. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, mine was to get up early so that I could just have a few moments of just time for me because, you know, life completely changed. It's kind of like having, you know, two children because whatever their needs are, when they need it, you've got to then show up and attend to those. Right, because you're helping feed them, move them, uh, get them to the restroom, clean up after them, I'm thinking. Doctor's appointments, 
everything, you know, getting the special equipment that they need, you know, just everything, driving, managing the medications. I mean, you name it. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the laundry, you know, washing the bedding and make sure you have everything that you need when you need it. So um, I got up early and um, just to have my little coffee and have my little moment. And then they started. I wanted to have things ready so that when, you know, mom got up, everything ready. But it was a lot. It's I mean, you're on constantly 24 hours a day. There's no there's no time off. So um, I was able to have people, some friends and then the care, you know, a few hours at a time to give me that time to go work and not have any interrupted time. But it was a challenge and it was costly. Right. It was costly emotionally, physically, and then I'm sure financially also, right? Absolutely. What little money my parents had went to their care. Right. So I know that as you kind of started going down this road that your mom got very ill quickly. She did. Yeah. And she passed away. And then a week later, um, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Right. Holy cow. I mean, that was all within a couple of months, wasn't it? If I remember correctly. My mom was only here for three months. Yeah. Gosh. And then she passed away. So she knew she was sick. And um, at the end, I told her, don't worry. You know, I'll take care of my dad because she was so worried about him. She was so fixated on him. And um, a good friend recently told me that, Carrie, you honoring your your mother of what I promised doesn't mean that I have to actually be physically doing the care. And because of the journey with my mother, I know my stopping point because it almost took me out. Right. Yeah, I remember that you started not feeling well and having some things and, you know, then we were all concerned for you. Absolutely. You know, stats, stats show that when you're a caregiver, that it can shorten your life because of the stuff that goes with it. So I am passionate about changing that and making sure that caregivers are focusing on themselves as well. Of course, our loved one who we're taking care of is important, but self-care for us is important as well. And so how was it? So I'll share a story real quick. And then, so my mom is under care and my sister Suzanne is the primary caregiver They have a very unique relationship. They're not only mother and daughter, but really great friends. And so my sister, I would say most days, enjoys care. My mom's in a a living facility, but there's a lot of stuff that we don't even tell my mom because of dementia and stuff. And she, like her sister passed away and we never told her because it's like, why? That she's not going to remember. And then you start telling her over and over again and the traumatizing of telling people stuff over and over again. And so I'm wondering when your mom passed away and that whole time is going, how did you share that with your dad? And, and what is that like right now? Well, um, fortunately or unfortunately, my father does, he's aware of my mom passing. He remembers all of that. And so for me, I wish that he didn't remember because they were, they were married for 55 years. So they were together longer than they were single. So when he does remember, which is almost daily, he looks at pictures. I see the hurt and the sadness. So that's why I wish that he didn't remember that. But there's other things that he does not remember as they happened. And so we just go along with the storyline for the day is what we call it. So we we laugh a lot here because, you know, that's what you got to do to get through it. Yeah, I remember you saying, yeah, go ahead. 
yeah, whatever is his version, then we go right along with it and add to it as well. So now I think the other day you said you just have a topic of the day and that's just the one you stick with for that particular day. We run with that scenario. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) What are you going to do? Yeah. I do want to talk about that. It's, you know, even though it is difficult, it's not misery a hundred percent every second of the day. And so maybe we could talk about maybe some joyful moments with your mom and your dad right now in this time. And I'm sure you've had plenty and even some laughs. And so I thought maybe we could kind of share some of those with the audience. Absolutely. I, my, one of my favorite memories of my mom when she came here to California. Um, so I would do her hair. So brushing her hair and I'd pull up, she had beautiful long gray hair, silver hair, and pull it up into a big bun. I'd call her, I'd call, I'd call it the, the, the top model, top model bun. Cause models, you know, would wear their hair up in buns all the time. So doing things like that, you know, her nails or massaging her hands with lotion and things like that were times that I enjoyed interacting with her because I really didn't have that uh, type of interaction before with her. So her letting me help her in those moments were, were nice. And my father, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful because I never had this time with him where it was just me and him, right? I do have an older sister. And so I never really had that time, just he and I as an adult. So um, I enjoy uh, when we're in the car riding together and he's looking at, he's like, oh gosh, you know, he just, he's like, like, like a, a child as far as admiring, you know, the scenery and what's going on. So again, just having that, that father daughter time um, and there's moments I really have enjoyed. And my father, he makes it easy as far as, you know, I'm very thankful and blessed that his dementia hasn't caused him to get to change his personality, being aggressive or angry. So that makes it easier. So we have those moments often. So you had shared with me a little bit about your parents when they were in the peak of their youth and life. And I just thought that we could bring, make it a little bit more personal to share a little bit about them and their careers, because I think it's kind of interesting and I want to honor them. Um, Not only in this moment of time, but when they were, you know, healthy, like you and I just trying to trying to get it done. So maybe we can, you know, start with either your mom or your dad and and share some some happy moments about their life as well. Oh, certainly. My mother, she worked in senior services for over 30 years. And so that's kind of where the aging population has always been near and dear to me because I spend a lot of time there at the day center. So I've seen what that process looks like and the highs and the lows of it. But she um, was college educated and worked in the senior services along with um, child protective services as well. And my father, college educated, went to Seattle University and he worked for many years, over 30 something years at um, CFIRST. He was the vice president of the human resource, Depart- human resource department before they were bought out by Bank of America when that happened, he went and started his own business in executive search on his own. So, you know, they were thriving, successful people in their era, their time. My father was even in, in Hughes, Who's Who of America. So proud of that. <laughs> what are their names? So in case, you know, somebody wants to look your dad up and just check it out. 
Absolutely. Lawrence and Lena Stanford. One little factoid I'll share because for the California people, they may appreciate this. My father at Seattle University was um, roommates and played on the Seattle U basketball team with Elgin Baylor. So my father and my uncle really helped break through for African-American players um, during that time. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate you being open with your story, but it's also nice to know the whole person, right? Because we're just seeing them now, but to honor their entire story is amazing. And and yeah, and so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how now you've been doing this for three or four years. I know it's easy to look back, right? Looking back is always the easiest part, but maybe what you would have done differently. And then how now you're taking time to take care of yourself, because I'm thinking you kind of hit the end of the road and you just don't have a lot more to give. And so how are you kind of rearranging things? And and what is your final moment? I know I'm giving you a lot right now of when you're like, you know what, maybe I just can't do this in my home anymore. So for me, it was just getting, finally getting us on a routine. So when my mother was here, it was hard because it just was really hard to get on a routine. When she passed away, it was easier for my father and I to get on a routine. So we got our own schedule so then I could predict safely (laughs) on some occasions of when I could do XYZ and focus on my business or when to bring in the additional help when I needed those caregivers. So that was key to kind of get on a schedule and a routine. As far as just looking back, it's like, it's impossible. Yeah. You really, you can't, you can't plan or prepare for something later. <laughs> so that's what my message is for us to be having these conversations through this journey. I've met so many people that are on a similar journey. They're starting it or they're in the middle of it or they just ended their journey like this. And preparation is really important. I tell people this is the greatest gift you can give your family is to have these conversations to have some type of foundation so you know where to start when it's time. My, I call it my tap out moment. For me and my father will be when he's not able to dress himself, toilet himself. That will be my my moment of when we'll have to shift to a different direction because that is the part that really too much for me um, with my mom. And so what do you do to take care of yourself? I know that during this period of time, you would set it up to where you could take about two or three days off and just kind of leave town and and take a deep breath and come back, but maybe share how important that is. And, and now that you're three or four years into it, I know you put yourself first more and just how you kind of came to that decision that you needed to do that. Yes. No, I had to, when, um, last three years, I've developed some health issues that are stemming from stress 100% and existing health issues exasperated from stress. So I said that I have to do something. And so I call it running away from home. So I get the care in order with my son or the caregivers and I'll run away to my plus one's house (laughs) from maybe six in the evening and just until the morning. And even just those few hours of being in a different location allows me to relax and reset 
is hearing my home. My home is not my, how can I say it? My sanctuary as it was before, because I'm always having to be on. And so for almost two years, I realized that I didn't even go into REM sleep because I was subconsciously trying to hear out from my father. So it was important to get out of the area that you're caregiving to get that rest and then come back so I can be better to myself, but from the, to, to take care of my father. Now, I know during this time that you were in the middle of switching careers. I mean, my gosh, to have two huge life events happening at the same time. And then and, COVID. And then COVID, <laughs> right. Yeah, you really, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that you're still, uh, you're still with us here. <laughs> I know, only by the grace. Yes. Yeah. So maybe let's kind of switch about during all of this that you were starting a new career. Maybe share with us the reason why you started the career path that you're on and a little bit about your message to your clients, because now you have this huge life experience, right? And so maybe if you'd like to, I would love for people to hear your story about your future now and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Well, thank you. Uh, yes, due to this, this starting of this journey, I, you know, been in insurance for many years, but when I was working with my parents and their Medicare health insurance, it was confusing and complicated. And I started meeting people and they were sharing their stories of transitioning to Medicare. And then I thought, okay, well, I think this is maybe the direction I need to go so that I can help educate people and help them get on the right path at this time of their life. And because of my past experience and exposure to, you know, aging adult population, I do have a, I really have a heart and a mission to help people get access to the right health care because health is wealth. And if you're not on the right health plan, it can have an impact on your outcome of your health. So my mission is to help people transition to Medicare and then also help them to remind them that having a plan of action, because many times now folks that are transitioning to Medicare, they are helping a loved one, a parent. They're in that caregiving mode like myself. So anything that I can share to give them peace of mind or get them in the right direction. So I do try to, I have a, a circle of resources and people like yourself who I've met that I can send people to for different um, needs that they have. I just want to encourage people to start having these conversations about when I do get older, what is that going to look like? How can I plan? So for people my age that I'm, I'm 50 now, you know, what does long-term care look like, right? How can that be a part of my retirement plan? And the conversations just should be happening. Yeah, because the plan of depending on your children or other family relatives is, is really not a plan at all. Not a plan. The, the yeah. days of people living in multi-generational homes or even people living in the same town. I mean, how many times do we speak to clients and they're trying to help their parents with Medicare and other insurance needs and they're in a different state, right? Exactly. Sometimes they're across the country. Absolutely. And, and they're trying to kind of get some of this stuff done in a, you know, in a remote fashion. And I know you and I work together with life insurance and stuff and you know, we, we talk a lot about the greatest gift that parents and grandparents can give their children these days is a life insurance policy that builds enough cash and death benefit to give them flexibility when they get older to have choices. 
and not to be dependent. And I know this is a little bit of a pitch here, but I'm so passionate about this right now. And I know we've also spoken about trying to take care of the long-term care need um, when you're 40, 50, or 60 is really too late. Yeah. Yes. So no, I, I love that where you say it's the best gift because I um, am doing everything in my power to prevent my son from sitting in the seat that I'm in. So I want him to be able to be in sun mode. So he can help, of course, he'll still help me with, you know, maybe finances and managing certain things, but the day in the day out type of care, I do not want to have put that on his shoulders. Yeah. I'd have to say that in our close circle, because, you know, we kind of hang out I probably know about six or seven people in the insurance industry that are dealing with the similar situation right now where they are the care solution. And you can hear how exhausted they are. They, they do it because it's their parents and stuff like that, but it is certainly impactful on their life and their careers. And yeah, so I'm super, super excited that you are willing to share this story. I've tried to get a couple of other people to share this story, but they're actually felt like they would be too emotional or it would almost be too traumatizing to go back to the beginning because it was such a long journey. Uh, my sister Suzanne has been on this journey for 10 years with my parents and we did have long-term care policies involved in the whole deal, but it's still not an easy journey. You still have to look after their care, make sure they're not being abused when they're in care, dealing with the claims, the billing, the facilities get sold, new administrators come in. I, I mean, I can go on and on. And so you really have to have a family plan for this. Is there anything that we did not talk about that you would like to share with the audience today? I think I'll just add as far as for the caregivers, oftentimes, you know, we, we focus on the person who we're providing the care for, but for any caregivers out there, my message to you is one, be kind to yourself, give yourself grace and whatever you're feeling, the good, the bad, the indifferent, it's okay. No judgment. That would just be my, my little message to the caregivers. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank God for caregivers. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess I'll just ask one more thing. What is your number one takeaway other than you mentioned about the caregivers that you would like to say to daughters, sons, sister-in-laws, daughter-in-laws that are finding themselves through conversations and then there's a giggle afterwards that you are my long-term care plan. What would you like to say to those folks that are out there? I would say don't stop having the conversations. You've got to keep on having the conversations and to help your loved one understand the reality of what can happen if there is no plan. And so one thing I'll say is if there's you know siblings, more than one child, right, then it can be very complicated on who's going to do what and it could impact the loved ones. So having a plan in place, if you want your wishes to be X, Y, Z, it's the only way that we can make sure it's happening. Well, Carrie, can you share with us how the audience can contact you and we'll post your information. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to have this conversation. I think a lot of people know it, live it, but just don't get to hear it. 
No, thank you, Helen, for the opportunity to share my, my story and my journey. I can be reached at 916-330-4001. Also on my website is lawlen, L-A-W-L-E-N-I-N-S.com. But one thing that I just recently started is um, a group, a Facebook group for, it's called 50 and Beyond. And um, it's for women and men can join too, but the topics will be things that are important to women as we turn 50 and beyond, how to live our best life. So the great uh, resources will be posted there and a safe space to have conversations and talk about things that we experience. All right. Well, this is another episode of On Life with Helen and Carrie. Thank you so much. And I'll be talking to everybody soon. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornelas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, helen at ornellasinsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond.